This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is the Mindful Experiment Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Vic. Excited that you're here. This podcast is all about diving deep into the mind and understanding this experiment or this game we call life. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Dr. Vic, and you're listening to another episode on the Mindful Experiment as this week we had a great interview with Drew Vernon. And let me tell you, this is a cool interview. Um, For those who may know or may not know about me, uh, I used to be a certified pediatric chiropractor. So a lot of my studying was very in-depth with pediatrics, pregnancy, fertility. And actually before, you know, we studied a lot into the neurology and the psychology of a child while in the womb and so much more. So I have a huge passion for children, pregnancy, helping to, you know, Im- remove the fear, embrace the power and what the pregnant, you know, going through birth and pregnancy can teach a wo- teach women um, because it really is a surrender process and something so magical that uh, I'm not going to dive in anymore here because I can go so much into this. But the reason why I'm sharing that is because I had to, Drew brings up something that I think is so profound. And when he was talking about his product and everything that they talk about with the, the Tony and the Tony, the Tonys and the Tony box, I'll talk more about that in a minute. They, it's something that, it was just creating domino effects in my head of seeing the effect of how this is going to benefit humanity and children, keeping their creativity and so much more. But to be, not to take away from the show, the episode, um, just tell you a little bit about Drew really quick. Drew is the marketing director for Tony's, where he leads the Tony's for teachers, partnering with schools, museums, and libraries to promote screen-free education for children. 
His work contributed to Tony's being named as one of the Fast Company's 2021 most innovative companies in the education category. Prior to Tony's, Drew led the U.S. preschool business for Lego. Here, he created Prescription for Play, building a network of 2,500 pediatricians to promote daily play between parents and children. This program has become one of Lego's key global social responsibility initiatives. Drew is also an entrepreneur and started Connecticut's first state-licensed pay-by-the-hour daycare center. Before transitioning to early childhood education, Drew spent five years in beauty and consumer packaged goods, where he worked for P&G and Jernan's. Drew has an MBA in brand and product management from the University of Wisconsin, where he was recently recognized as one of the eight to watch under 40. Drew's an awesome guy. I enjoyed the show, and I know there's a lot of valuable content for the moms and dads out here um, and for teachers and for those who just you know want to learn how to help their children keep that creativity and also for yourself to re-tap into your own childhood to create that creativity, get back into the imaginative process because that's where the gold comes from and fulfillment of life comes from when we get out of this mundane aspect of just doing, 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 living in the hedonic wheel and start to get back to being awe-inspired because that's what the thing that children teach us the most. But without any further ado, here is Drew Vernon. Drew, welcome to the show. Uh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me, Dr. Vic. I'm excited to have you on. I love what we were just chatting about earlier before we got on here and, and how you're your big advocate for child literacy and so forth. You're speaking to my heart as a certified pediatric chiro. So uh, excited to dive into so many different things there. Um, before we do, though, how did you get into doing what you're doing today? What's, what's the story? What's the journey uh, that led you to where you are now? Yeah, so I've always kind of had a passion for business and marketing specifically, uh, and I've always ha- had an interest as well in, in psychology. And so I, I kind of see my specialty as the, the marriage of psychology, which uh, I take to be kind of consumer behavior and why people buy the things that they buy and want the things that they want and put that in a business setting. So I went to school for brand and product management and came out uh, working in beauty. So I started my career at Procter & Gamble, working on some big beauty brands. And I was learning a lot about marketing and, and I learned kind of the ropes of marketing, but I wasn't having a lot of fun necessarily. I was you know, selling $5 bottles of lotion and tubes of mascara. And I, I wanted to do something that I was more naturally curious about and something that I was more enthusiastic about. And that's kind of what led me to the toy industry. Uh, and so I kind of pivoted a little bit and I uh, went to Lego and I managed the preschool business for Lego for a few years and then eventually came over to Tony's, uh, which is the role that I'm currently sitting in. I love that. So tell me, what's your favorite Lego? My can favorite you have a, Lego? Can you, can you have a favorite Lego? Um, yeah, I guess you can, you know, Lego is really uh, split into a couple of different sides. There's the, you know, the, the sets that you build uh step by step uh on that side i you know really like the modular buildings just because they take a little bit more skill they're kind of for the older builders um and then on just kind of the freestyle side you can kind of build whatever you want with a bucket of bricks so that's always a fun experience too um i I had to ask because i remember growing up i just had a bucket and it was just all these legos and you just create whenever you 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 had the, the time to well, yeah, kid, you, you just let your imagination go wild and uh, and create whatever you you can dream up. Awesome. So let's talk then. You know, being an advocate for childhood literacy and all that. You brought up something before about how uh, our experiences as a child shape us. Do you mind? We we'll start there. Dive in a little bit into that. 
Yeah, sure. I, I, you know, I take a look back at my childhood, you know, somewhere along the way when I was going to school uh, for marketing and starting out these beauty companies, I, I really kind of let my childhood um, go on the back burner. It wasn't until I went back to Lego that I really uh, revived a lot of my memories as a child because I, you know, I grew up growing. Uh, I, I grew up building with Lego. In fact, I f- remember my first Lego set I got in Christmas of 1989. And, you know, it was a little Robin Hood and his merry men and it built like a little castle. And I, I built for a few years before I kind of grew out of it. And it wasn't until coming back to work for the company that I remembered kind of the magic that Lego unlocked for me. And uh, that's really what I want to bring to to children today is to to keep that magic alive and, and to keep that uh, kind of present uh, as they grow older and and have it be something that they can draw back upon. Why do you think as adults we kind of lose the childlike in us? Uh, that's a beefy question. I, I think you know we get busy first of all. Uh, we go to school, we get jobs, we have bills to pay just like becoming adults is, is kind of uh, counterproductive to keeping the childhood spirit alive. But I think also there's so many demands that are placed upon us. And it starts kind of in school where, you know, most children, uh, not all children, but most children are in a school system where they're being taught to take a test and to memorize certain things and to, to check a box. And I think that that doesn't really... Um, offer the environment to help our creative spark um, foster and grow. And so that's, that's one of the things that I feel passionate about is keeping that spark alive. I totally agree. Cause it's one of the things as a, as a business mindset coach, one of the things I, I, I teach my clients a lot is you got to be a kid again. I mean, I, I talk about it very often. They always looking like, what do you mean by gotta be a kid? I'm like, you gotta be curious. You gotta have, you gotta use your imagination. You gotta be creative when you use your imagination. I go, this is how you track the life that you desire. And it's always fascinating because when we work with business people, they're very, again, adults, right? We get very, so like we, we, I think our conditioning in life and we let our left brain dominate it, that we compartmentalize everything to think this is how life is. And we, and after a certain point, especially after uh, the age of 35, it's very hard to change your mindset and perspective. I'm not saying you can't, it can happen, but we get so hardwired because now it's like, well, I've had 35 years in this planet. This is what it is. And, um, but it all starts at age seven because after age seven, your brain thinks it has figured out the world. So now it's all conditioning of what all your experiences have been to lean it up to that. And I think uh, being able to, how can we then, you know, <clears throat> foster for children in our generation today, not to end up like us, uh, our gener- uh, our, the next, you know, the, the generation that created them. How do we foster creativity more? Yeah, I think it can be done in a lot of ways. I think, you know, keeping uh, an open-ended mindset is one of the ways that uh, I've seen success with. You know, I, I just mentioned, you know, one of the analogies I like to give back from my Lego time is uh, I mentioned the kind of two experiences that you have. You know, you have the the box of bricks that you dump out and you follow the instructions, you know, step one, step two, step three. And, you know, that helps with your fine motor skills that helps with rule following. That's definitely a type of play. And at the end you get your rocket ship or your castle or whatever. 
Uh, and then we have the other type that I mentioned, which is just like the freestyle of, of dumping out the bricks and, and making whatever you want. I, I think the biggest gap that I see as I work with children and I work in the kind of the childhood space is that there's a gap between those two types of experiences. Um, so th- we need to do better, I think, at uh, I call it the guided masterpiece because it's being able to connect uh, a rigid experience where you're told exactly what to do from a completely freestyle experience where you may not have the skills or the, the foundation to create something amazing on your own. And, and so I think that can be done through giving creative prompts, uh, through giving uh, parameters and guidelines and letting children work within the, the boundaries of uh, creativity uh, in order to make something. And that's a creative muscle that we have to uh, repeatedly uh, and still and practice. And, and that's how I think we, we, and it's not just with Legos, obviously, that's uh, one example, but in other ways too, how do we bridge the gap between structured and unstructured? I like that. And then you think that, is it, you mentioned that like within confines for children to have some sort of like parameters to things, is it more to allow them to just have the free to create whatever they desire? Or is it Uh, Should there be a balance between the two? Um, What's your opinion on that? I think it's good to have a balance of structured and unstructured time. I think the reason that I think creativity needs constraints is because you have to, you have to define kind of what, what your boundaries are. If you, if you tell a kid to, to go tell a story, you know, they might, you know, be fantastic and, and, and amazingly creative, but a lot of uh, kids don't know where to begin and they don't know how to kind of harness um, or channel the, the stream of thought or the stream of consciousness. And so if you tell your kids to go write a story uh, about a snowman who got too big for his, his town and ran into, you know, uh, a villain of some sort, like, and I'm making this up as I go, but like, that's what I try to do with my kids is sometimes we'll just, uh, I'll write like names out of a hat. It's kind of like Mad Libs, you know, you, you write a couple of nouns, you pull it out of a hat and you make your kids, you know, tell a story based on the, the stimulus or the prompts that you give them that generally uh, results in something better than just telling them to, to go, you know, freestyle. Yeah, you're, 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 that, I think that's, that just inspires it. And I love how you're, you're doing a great job as you carried on, uh, you know, freestyling that into the, you know, the recording <laughs> here. That was awesome. I was ready to add in some things too. Yeah. And the other thing is just not being afraid to fail. Cause like you can make something up and it might not work and you know, it might not resonate and, and you have to be okay with that. Cause it's not every story or every piece of art um, or project that you do is not going to be a home run and, and you have to just be okay with the, the iterative process of getting a little bit better each time. Yeah. And it's, I think that's sometimes too, cause you, you know, I use a lot of analogies. Like when you see a child, uh, when they first start to walk, it's not like they fail and then they, they do it once, fail and they're done. They they are, as you know, you have, how old are your children? Uh, I've got three children, 12, 9, and 6. Ah, so you've seen all that already. So, yeah, you, you've seen them you know, start from, you know, from crawling to walking. Um, and it's that amazing process. They just don't stop. Like they're so persistent on it, right? Um, and children are the same way when they're, they get older and they start asking questions around the four, four year old mark, when they keep asking why, why this, why that, why this, why that, why this? And you get, you could say like, you, you think you're getting to the definitive answer of like, okay, I said it, I got them, but why that? But that's just because, but why? I just passed my pay grade. <laughs> that's why I use my niece and nephew. 
Yeah, I mean, the curiosity of a four-year-old is, is something to, uh, to admire uh, because I think that, that dims over time if we don't keep it alive. And that's the other thing you brought up too. Like it, it, it will definitely, um, like anything, neurology is, you know, what we continually, what you don't use, you lose. And um, it's one of those principles that we got to keep working at. I know for me, I got away from it, got very logical, got very uh, left brain dominant in type of uh, individual. And then I had to learn over time how to bring back my creativity, my imagination, like literally like a kid, what do I want to have in this? What do I want to create for myself and really get into that dreamlike imaginative state and then say, okay, this is possible. Now let me do ahead. And that's why it's important to me. That's what I want to choose to have as an experience. And now I'm going to go ahead and make that a reality. Yeah, I really like that. How can we get children to then, you know, cause I think this is, this is something for, uh, you know, I remember, I remember in school, I used to not like the critical thinking problems. I don't know what kid does. Um, and there was always when you know, if it was multiple choice or this and that, got it done. But it was like, oh, critical thinking problem. And I'm like, oh, these are the ones I can't stand. Um, but I think this is an important feature to how do we help instill in children then how to get more uh, thinking more critically? Yeah. Uh, for me, I think it's uh, being okay with discomfort and, and being okay with the struggle because, you know, as I look back on my childhood, whether it was, you know, school exercise or, you know, playing video games that, you know, I, I used to play the video games where you'd have to like go into like different rooms and like find, you know, something hiding un under the rug or something kind of, um, you know, trying to kind of like an escape room almost, but, um, you know, back in the day. And, and I think, you know, the tendency, uh, at least at the time was to, you know, ask your friend who had already solved it or to, you know, look it up online to, to get the cheat code or something. And, and it's just, you have to sit with the struggle and you have to sit with the discomfort of not knowing the answer before you can figure it out. Because I think it's in those moments of uh, uncertainty and those moments of um, stress almost for lack of a better word, that we really force ourselves to rise up and, and come up with a creative solution to find the answer or an answer. And, and I think that we need to, to train our kids to be okay with that pause between uh, the challenge and, and the answer to the challenge. I like that. I remember those video, video games. They're very frustrating. <laughs> they are. And, and if, you know, the enjoyment is solving it yourself and that's where the payoff comes. But if you d deprive yourself of that, or if you shortcut it, you don't really get that uh, satisfaction or that reward of, of knowing that you kind of did it on your own. And I think that's kind of the rush or the, I don't know if it's dopamine or, or, or what kind of chemicals going on in your brain, but like, that's kind of the payoff that, that makes it worthwhile that says, you know, Hey, I stuck through it and uh, I, I, figured it out and I could do it again. And again, it comes back to the repetition and the, um, just the exercise, uh, for your brain of doing that again and again, to know that you can, um, uh, kind of follow through and, and get to the, the payoff at the end. So then here's the question you can share this or not. I know I'm going to get a little deep here, but did you ever use the cheat codes or, or the game genie or whatever it may be just so you can see what, how that process went. And then you go back and say, okay, I'm gonna try to do it without it now. Yeah, I mean, there were times when you know you get frustrated. I'm I'm trying to think of an example, um, uh, but you know, it, it's always easier with you know the game genie or the cheat code, and, and then you do it, and then the experience is over, and it it kind of leaves you feeling um, like unfulfilled almost, at least for me, because you know that 
you know, in the back of your mind, like you weren't the one that came up with that. And, you know, that might be fine if you're just trying to like get through it, but if you're actually trying to kind of, um, get the most out of the experience, I think, you know, you're only kind of shortchanging yourself by, uh, by skipping to the end. No, I agree with you. I mean, I remember, <clears throat> I can't think of the games off the top of my head, but there was some like where, you know, I, I, I love that fulfillment. Like I did all the work and I got there. And then there was times where I'm like, all right, I'm just going to cheat my way through this and, you know, and see what I can learn. Okay. I'm invincible and this and that, but then I would use it as like a tool to like, if it's a fighting game or something, uh, or you gotta, like, I'm thinking like a double dragon or, or triple dragon, uh, one of those old games. And I was like, man, I can't get past this point. Okay. Let's use this. We'll, we'll get through. Oh, that's how I defeat them. Ah, that makes sense. Okay, great. Let me go back now. Let's see if I can do it that way without it. Yeah, no, I, I get that too. Like if, if you're, you know, stuck, you're stuck. And, and uh, if you use it just kind of like to, to pivot or, or to get over a, you know, a difficult area, then, you know, you continue on. Love it. So how then, you know, when we look at creating these experiences, right? We, so we talked a little bit about fostering creativity, Right. We thought about talked about thinking critically. We looked into, you know, a little bit of childhood development and things like that. How do we then help to harness the minds of, you know, we looked at the pan, you had the pandemic right going on. And I remember when the lockdowns were coming, my as being a holistic practitioner, I had massive concerns on so many levels for children, for adults, for you name it, everybody. Um, and not from the virus. I was like, the lockdowns are gonna do more on effects than what the virus will do just because my understanding of being in a house and you don't do much uh it's going to create massive mental stress and we saw it. alcoholism people are drinking more alcohol than ever you know more that was on the rise abuse was more on the rise a lot of things went up drastically from that but one of the things too is and you mentioned this earlier before we jumped down was about discussing how much more screen time there, there has been, you mind just tapping into a little bit of that. And, 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 and the, the, I mean, I, I understand the negatives of it, but I mean, the listeners may not of, mm-hmm. you know, how do we create a balance for that? And then what are some tools or other things we can do to help with this process? Yeah. Yeah, sure. Thanks. Uh, you know, it, it's funny how much the world has changed in, in two years, you know, in way more ways than we can count or talk about. Uh, <laughs> but uh, one of those ways is, you know, how we deal with screen time. And, you know, before the pandemic, I generally adhered to the, the council. I think it's the American Academy of Adolescence and Psychiatry is the, the institution. But uh, they basically say that you shouldn't give kids under two, any screen time and, you know, kids two to five, it should be an hour a day. And like, I, I want you to find me the parent of a two or three-year-old that limits their child to an hour a day these days, but that's how it was two years ago. And the, the pandemic changed that because the school shut down and everybody started working from home and we were just trying to survive and adjust. And, you know, we gave our, our kids our iPhones, we gave them Netflix shows. And we, I think we, at least I had, you know, the parental guilt at first, but the, the guilt went away because it just became a new habit. So now that we're coming out of the pandemic, we've ha- we've really started to have some bad habits regarding screen time. I read the other day that kids are on screens an average of seven hours a day in the United States now. And, and a lot of it's not just recreational. A lot of it's uh, for their schoolwork. They're going to school and staring at screens. Then they come home and they stare at screens. And I'm not saying that screens are inherently bad, but uh, the, the excess of screen time 
I believe is bad. And so um, one of the reasons why I came to Tony's is because they have uh, this device called the Tony box, which is kind of a child's first device. It uses figures uh, called Tony's to play different types of content. We have Tony's that have different songs, uh, stories. We do mindfulness content. We do uh, nonfiction content with partners like National Geographic. And it really puts the control into the hands of a little child, you know, two, three, four years old, where they can put a figure on the Tony box and it will play the content uh, and they can do it and operate the entire experience without a screen. Uh, and so I just, I find it to be this fascinating device because it will engage a child's mind in the way that a screen does, uh, but without the screen. I love that. I think it is critical because I mean, it's one of those things where uh, I'm very, you know, I know, I understand. I actually even studied the research on, you know, why we should limit screens from zero to two and all this other things. And it is uh, uh, for some moms, it's, it's tough. And for some others, I mean, I've, I have, I've had families who actually moms would be like, nope, they've never seen a TV. They only see the TV when they come in my office and that's it. And they're like three and five. And I was like, that's amazing. Like I'm, I'm, I'm impressed to, you know, to, to do that. Um, you know, and it's one of those things where, um, looking at, we have to, you know, shift because it's going to be something that, um, it just messes with how they're, I can go in a whole, whole nother direction. That's a whole nother podcast, but long story <laughs> short, then my question that I love what you guys are coming up with, because there is, this is a problem. This is something that is going to affect neural development. This is going to affect how we interact with people. It's going to affect every single facet. And I mean, you, you, you grew up in the video game era, just like I did. And it's one of those things where, you know, they didn't worry. I mean, I played video games only on the weekends. That's the only time I could play, uh, couldn't play during the day at all. And, um, you know, you look at like at kids now, I mean, it's just a consistent, constantly thing. You said seven hours, that's a lot. And they're in school for, you know, eight hours. So, so it's basically as soon as they go home, they're on screen time all day long. Uh, or is yeah. that the seven hours or is that the seven hours? No, that, uh, seven hours is the average. Uh, you know, they're using uh, screens, you know, for several hours of their school day. And then they're coming home, you know, watching three or four hours of TV. So on average, it's over seven hours between the two. That's just crazy. Um, but I love, so it has, you said there's mindfulness in the Tony thing and there's um, other things that they can do to, can you mind talking a little bit more about the mindfulness? That's more my avenue that my, my, <laughs> yeah, my sure. background I really like. So Sure. Uh, yeah. So part of the reason why uh, we our device is screen-free is because when you give a child a screen, you give them the visual stimulation, it shows them exactly what the, the image is or what should be interpreted. And when you remove the visual stimulus, it puts the creative responsibility on their own mind and helps them develop that that muscle and so the uh the story behind the mindfulness it was actually a partnership that we did with a company called go noodle which is uh in you know 90 percent of american classrooms uh they do a lot of like action uh, content they do a lot of playtime songs things like that well they had mindfulness content but it was all screen based and so they are asking these kids in these classrooms to stare at a screen uh, to kind of partake of their mindfulness content. So they actually came to us and they said, uh, you know, this is great because we can provide our mindfulness content on your Tony box and we can do it in a screen-free way. And so uh, now we have this Go Noodle mindfulness Tony that has 35 minutes of mindfulness content where the kids can truly get off the screen, you know, close their eyes and, and go through these guided exercises. I, I just think that's uh, just amazing. That's going to be a game changer because the Dalai Lama once said, and this is more meditation, but it is part of mindfulness. The Dalai Lama once said that uh, if, if we had the current generation just learn how to meditate each every day, 
that in the next generation we would end all, um, uh, I think it was wars or violence. Mm. And when you really think about that for a second, some people go, that's crazy. This is that. And I, I go, when I first heard that quote, I thought it was a little out there, but then when you, when I studied neuroscience and, and how the brain works and neurology and behavioral psychology and all these different things, I was like, dang, he's really dead on. That, that's, that's crazy. And I think that's going to help you. And when you're saying like, I love how you said you got the visuals and this and that it's kind of like when we watch TV and especially for males, I should say males, it's more uh, left brain dominant individuals. Um, we think we're resting and relaxing. We're like, I want to take a break. I just want to watch the TV and unwind. Um, but we're really not unwinding at all. Like TV doesn't unwind us at all from a neurological perspective. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the TV is, uh, from a stimulation standpoint, like, uh, you know, regular TV is, you know, you got commercial breaks, your, your mind is being changed every 30 seconds. Even if you're watching like a longer form show, it's, it's amazing. Just the level of stimulation required, you know, all these action movies and it's just, it's not a relaxing experience because there's so much to take in. So I completely agree with you there. Yeah. So we got that going on and, you know, and, and it's the same thing where, you know, how much is our creative process being on? I love that concept. You guys, you got, you shared about, how when they're not being so visual, not looking at things so much, you can still instill that. And now that allows, I'm just looking at the domino effect of what that all brings. And it's one of those things where I'm seeing, like you get them, to, if you can keep that creativity going, now all of a sudden that becomes a game changer. Because if you look at the most successful people in the world, the one thing that is their, one of their strongest suits is creativity. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and that kind of leads to the next kind of part of the, the Tony box really, because there's two sides to it. There's the, the content Tony's that, that give you, uh, kind of the, the pre-recorded experience, whether it's mindfulness or stories or songs, we've got a lot of Disney characters. We got Peppa Pig and Dr. Seuss coming and national geographic. Those are all content Tony's, but ultimately uh, as we guide our kids along this creativity continuum, we want to give them enough of these stories that they can take them as reference points uh, to apply to their own life so that they can become the author of their own story. And that's kind of where we introduce uh, the figures that we call creative Tonys, which don't come with any content. They come blank and they allow children to record their own stories and their own songs. And that takes them from kind of a, a consumer experience of listening into uh, a producing or a creative experience with, with making their own uh, content and their own stories. I was just going to say like, cause where you're doing that, like, cause we're taught from an early on to be a consumer type individual, at least from marketing and, 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 uh, uh, media and, 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 and movies and stuff. They condition us to be like, Oh, this is what I want. This is what I want. And now they're like, no, I'm going to create my own. Here we go. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to create my own. So I'm going to create my own. Do you, do you, do you, I'm not saying this is what the, the vision of Tony is in the company, but I'm just curious, like, do they, do they just, are they looking for that? One of the goals is just to create more creative people to stay in that creative process. Um, it, it, but in, in that one, in that aspect, pretty much. Yeah, I would say the Tony box is, is a tool. Uh, it can be used in, uh, in home nurseries. It could be used in the classroom. We, we have a program called Tony's for teachers where we put it in the classroom. We put it in public libraries, uh, children's museums, and so our goal is to make the access available to, um, to have it be a tool. Um, you know, what a family or uh, a teacher or a parent does with it is entirely up to them. So I can tell you my own 
personal vision is to instill that creative process in uh, in children. But as, as a company, uh, you know, it, it's really just about empowering kids to, to provide them the access to the tool because we know that, you know, we can recommend, we can uh, make available. But in the end, it, it's going to be the child and the parent assisting the child. Um, that's that's going to be what really is required uh, for that to be a creative process for them. Because, you know, uh, honestly, you know, we, we uh, might sell a Tony box and, and the child might just want to listen to Elsa or Moana and then have it be the end of that. And, that. and that's fine for them. But there's so much more available uh, if you want to have this be a progressive and, and creative um, tool, uh, then we definitely make that available to families as well. I love that. Um, how can people find out more about this? How can they connect with the, the company yourselves and, and, and so much more? Yeah, so we are available at our website at tonies.com, T-O-N-I-E-S.com. Uh, also at Amazon, uh, Target, Barnes & Noble, Best Buy, um, specialty retail, a lot of mom and pop toy stores across the country are carrying us as well. Um, I always love hearing from listeners. Uh, you can find me uh, on LinkedIn. It's probably the best uh, place to find me. Um, and then if you want to reach out to the company, uh, our email address is hello at tonys.com. I love it. Drew, you, you got me excited to where, I mean, I'm going to be a father in about uh, four or five weeks of this recording and uh, first first child, I'm excited. And uh, this is something that my wife and I have talked about because we're not going to do screen time for the first two years for sure. And uh, then we were like, all right, what can we what can we do then? You know, after two, you know, there when will we you know, look at different ways we can do stuff? And this is one of them that I'm just like, this is ideal. This is awesome. And to keep them not saying that, you know, there's everything needs to be in a balance. I'm, you know, like I tell my wife, I'm like, we'll have movie nights, you know, once a week, we'll have movie nights, I'll make pizza, we'll do something in that. But it's one of those things where they have this to be something that they'll be more interested in, hopefully, right? Because then there's that visual aspect, the dopamine response, all those things that come in that get them like addicted to the screen. But it's one of those things where we can uh, have a tool now in our arsenal. Be like, here, why don't you go play with that instead? Yeah, that's great. Congratulations. Uh, you know, I love, you know, send me your info after uh, we chat. I'd love to send you a 20 box as a, as a baby uh, gift. Oh, uh, I appreciate that. And get your little one started. Um, and also, I would love to uh, to do maybe a giveaway for your listeners as well. Uh, give away a Tony box, and and for anybody else interested uh, in checking it out at tonys.com, you can actually put the offer code Tony Podcast. It's one word, Tony Podcast, into checkout, and uh, that'll get you fifteen percent off uh, the purchase of a Tony box. Yes, and for the listeners, we'll be doing a giveaway. You can check in the show notes. Uh, and it will be in there for you to get involved and we'll have all the details on the, on the website there so that you can go ahead and get yourself one, uh, free, free, uh, uh, Tony box. Drew, I appreciate having you being on. This was uh, very insightful and I, I truly uh, enjoyed, uh, every aspect of it. Yeah, it's been uh, great to chat with you. It's, it's always nice to talk to, to people interested in the childhood space and, and looking to create more creative experiences for our children. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. If you found this episode to be inspirational, pay it forward by sharing it with someone that you know can benefit from this. If this is your first time tuning in, please follow us, connect with us, so you don't miss another amazing episode. And until next time, keep rocking and rolling.